again, I wanted to get into the coach self re-signing his lifetime contract. Chris, give us a little bit of an explanation on what that means. He obviously had a, he had a lifetime contract before, but what does this one do? So this one, it, it locks him down for the next five years, which it kind of gives us a timetable on his expectancy on his coaching his coaching tenure from now on. Which, hey, everyone thought he was going to go as long as he can. And it's it's not possible for him to coach into his 80s or 90s. He's a very high-intensity, high-stress kind of guy. So, hey, five years, that's enough. The dude's going to do great things in five years. I'm so glad we got him paid. You come here to foster and to nurture the tradition. And, and I hope that, that that gets taken on by, by some more people down the line because we – we did our job and we made sure Kansas was was the best place to play. Kansas had an opportunity to win games and Kansas's tradition grew. Dad used to tell me all the time. He used to tell me all the time. Son, don't worry about the mules, just load the wagon. What's up, everybody? If you are a college football fan like me, if you know a college football fan that's in your life, you need to go cop this shirt. New designs dropping all the time. It's the perfect gift with the holiday season coming around. If you don't have this thing, you're missing out. Great material, great fabric. I wear it all the time. Go get yours today. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Rock Chalk Unplugged. I'm Chris Tehan, your host, with my co-host, Mitch Lightfoot. Mitch, how are we doing today? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Super excited to be here. Another episode, another great time talking about Kansas athletics. Some big things going on right now. Super pumped to talk to you. Let's get into it. Yeah, hey, it's just us two today. No guests today. So we'll, we'll do a deep dive into the team this year and the kind of the things that are going around Kansas. Uh, this is a must-watch episode. 100%. I wanted to get into the coach self reassigning his lifetime contract Chris, give us a little bit of an explanation on what that means. He obviously had he had a lifetime contract before, but what does this one do? So this one, it, it locks him down for the next five years, which it kind of gives us a timetable on his expectancy on his coaching his coaching tenure from now on. Which hey, everyone thought he was gonna go as long as he can. And it's it's not possible for him to coach into his 80s or 90s. He's a very high-intensity, high-stress kind of guy. So, hey, five years, that's enough. The dude's going to do great things in five years. I'm so glad we got him paid. But on a financial side of things, this is really a contract to kind of lock in exactly what he's going to make and structure it. His old lifetime contract was kind of more of a Hey, we'll pay you whatever. We'll pay you based on the earnings that the university makes, blah, blah, blah. What this does is it opens up an opportunity for us to sign Lance Leipold to a longer contract to keep him in Lawrence, Kansas, giving him the opportunity to make what these big guys are making from the SEC and major colleges. And it shows his worth, and it also shows how much Coach Self cares about the University of Kansas. Oh, 100%. I think not, not everyone is reading into the fact that that really opens the door for us to, to make sure Leipold's paid. Obviously, with the Michigan State rumors swirling around, I think it's kind of funny how you have Kansas State people pushing that narrative of, oh, he's, he's, he's interviewing with Michigan State. He's actually up there right now. Like, dude, the, guy's, the guy loves where he's at. The guy's winning football games. He's, got a, he's turned a program around. He's a legend in Lawrence. I, I can't imagine a better place for him to be. I think it allows allows for, for Travis Goff to, to really sit back and look at what he's done and bring in a potentially Hall of Fame football coach. Like, it's unreal. You're going to have one in basketball, one in football? Like, what's going on here? Like, 
Yeah, and I agree with that. Travis Goff has done an absolutely fantastic job since he's taken over. And you have Lance, and he said it on an interview the other day that, hey, he wants to be remembered as the guy. He wants to set up the comparisons from then on. And he was talking about the Wisconsin job. He would he would be compared to the older coach who had all the records and talking about getting him back to that point. At Kansas, he's already gotten him to that point, and he can be the stepping stone that everyone tries to reach for. He loves Lawrence, Kansas, and how can you not? If you are a major coach, player, and the coaches have it a little bit easier because they can stay there for 25 years. I mean, Mitch tried to, couldn't get all the way there. He only got a decade. But he can he can sit there and create a legacy that people in Kansas will remember forever. Regardless of him being in the College Football Hall of Fame, that man will be in the ring of honor. He will be talked about just how Mangino's kind of talked about still to this day, even with the gloomy past that kind of made him leave. He has an opportunity to create a name for himself in Lawrence, Kansas, that provides for his family and uh, anybody who comes off of his coaching tree. So I, I really agree with the opportunity. I love it. And uh, I can't wait to see Lance coach more. I mean, we've had a great time this year. Oh, 100%. I, I, uh, speaking on football, I want to look forward a little bit. We sold out the Kansas State game. Super pumped about that. I think Kansas State's trembling a little bit. Like, hey, Kansas is ranked above us for, like, in my experience, for the first time that I remember, which is pretty sweet. Like, it allows us to, to kind of be the big dog going into this matchup, and, and, and it will give, give, give us the motivation we need to go out there and handle business. Um, I, think, I think the thing that I've been seeing on Twitter a bunch lately is how – the stadium hasn't been at, and they say it's a sellout. Oh, it's not as packed as, as it should be for a sellout. No, 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 no. I think that's bogus. I think it, all these games have been packed. They're getting packed. Fans are coming. People are getting more invested. Uh, I think people need to stay for the entire entirety of the game. Uh, I understand yeah. that. When, when you look up and, and, and you lose uh, a quarter of the people that were there, um, I, think, I think that uh, people also kind of read too much into that at some points in time. They're like, oh, what are the guys thinking on the field? Like, I don't think I can guarantee you none of the guys on the field are sitting there counting who's walking out of the stadium. Like they're they're worried about winning football games, and, and we have a coach that's going to make sure they are very, very invested in what's going on on that field and not worried about what's going on in the stands. But the support needs to be there for them. Those guys are uh, those guys are putting it on the line each and every night, and and I'm proud to be a Jayhawk alumni because of them. Appreciate it, Mitch and Chris. Before we get back to Raw Chalk, I got to tell you guys about the best way to make money on sports. I've been in search of the best way to fire on sports for the last year or so. I've tried every sports book, all the different apps, but Prize Picks is the best way to make money on sports. On Prize Picks, you pick players and not teams. Each player has a set total stat projection. So let's say Patrick Mahomes has a higher or lower than 220 passing yards. If you think he's going to have more, you just click on more. When it hits, you make a bunch of money. I just hit a four player pick on last. Last night, 10x in my money, 100 bucks to win a thousand. And the best part is, you can go to prizefix.com slash rockchalk and use the code rockchalk for a 100% deposit match up to $100. That's prizefix.com slash rockchalk. Use the promo code rockchalk for a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. Who knows what you can turn that 100 bucks into? I turned mine into a thousand last night. Let me know what you do in the comments. to be a Jayhawk alumni because of them. And, hey, I completely agree. The fans need to be there just a little bit longer. You know, support them throughout the whole game. They're battling. They're battling to the final whistle, regardless if you guys are there or not. And I think that really talks 
or really speaks to the discipline the Kansas football team has. They come off a huge win in Oklahoma, not many fans, or against Oklahoma at home, not many fans in the stands, which is totally understandable. That rain and it being cold. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I get it. A lot of the students may have wanted to go to 14th in Ohio. There is a, there is a uh, definite attraction of that place, but at the same point in time, hey, go, go there, come back. Go be, be in the stands, cheer yeah. on the guys. Uh, that can, that'll be there after the game. Uh, go celebrate at the same point in time. Go out there and, and make sure the guys feel that support. But there hasn't been a drop-off in play yet for them. There hasn't been. I agree. Yeah, and that, that, that screams to the discipline that Lance Leipold has instilled in his players. And that's why I'm super excited. I mean, we go off of the biggest win that we've had in recent memory to get bowl eligible against an undefeated team looking to go to the college football playoff. And then you go to Ames, Iowa the next week. You want Which to is a notoriously hard place to hard place to play. Hard place to play with a team that has been, I wouldn't say lackluster this year, but hasn't been the greatest. They aren't ranked opponent. They aren't. It's not something you get up for and you're super excited for. And they went in there. Mm-hmm. That's a typical trap game. They went in there and they played their tushes off. Jason Bean, proven once again, week in and week out, why it's Bean time. I mean, that dude. I love him. You know, obviously, you want, you, you want Jalen Daniels out there. But what he has done in his time, I mean, I have the utmost respect for Jason Bean, always being ready, battling, 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 through his ups and downs. That dude, he has been special, and I think it speaks to the culture that we have at Kansas football going forward. Speaking of Jalen Daniels, I think there's been so much talk on social media about, oh, he's, he's looking to transfer, he's doing this, he's doing that. I think everybody needs to worry about what's going on on the field. Jalen Daniels, yes, we need, to, we need to make sure we support him. But at the same point in time, we're winning football games right now. We need to look at the field, and we need to think about, hey, if we're winning right now, let's continue to win. And then hopefully Jalen comes back, and he's going to be even more dominant when he's healthy. Like, there's no need to rush a guy back on an injury that can potentially get worse if you go out there and try and, try and hurry it up. Like, that's the last thing you want to happen. Jason Bean is playing phenomenal football. Let's go out there and support him. He's going to be the guy that's going to take us to hopefully that next step we need to take. And I have two things to point on this. I'll play devil advocate on the second one. But from my from my sources inside of the program, inside the athletic department, all the rumors that are coming out about Jalen Daniels sitting out because he wants to transfer aren't true. He's dealing with a serious back injury. There's not a label for it, and that's okay with back injuries. There's certain days he wakes up, and, hey, it just doesn't work. Like it, I've had back injuries in the past. I'm four or five shots into my back to be able to play basketball when I was at Kansas, regardless if I played or not. It is, it, is, it is something that you can't control, and especially in football, you're a quarterback. You're getting hit in the pocket when you aren't moving. Those sudden jolts really mess up your back, and he's allowed Jason, he's a team player, to go out there and perform when he's not feeling 100%. Those transfer rumors thinking he's sitting out to go to USC or going to Alabama, those aren't true from inside of the camp. So I'll let your guys' minds rest. Two, Kansas State fans on Twitter currently. They are doing their discourse. They're doing the Mike Vernon thing. Shout out Mike Vernon, scoops. But they're doing that shit where they're doing. They're getting people to pay on their Discord to get these scoops, and then they're putting out that Jalen Daniels is doing this. Jalen Daniels is doing that, and then they're having Twitter accounts that are disguised as Kansas Twitter accounts saying, "Yeah, hey, Jalen's looking to transfer to USC. Jalen's looking to transfer to Bama." Mitch, I didn't think that they could go any further than they already did. They did it. Blows, what is your blows opinion my mind. on I think, the, the, I, think I mean, the, it's just collusion. And, hey, 
I can't put it past Kansas fans. I mean, after it happened for a decent amount of time, we got a couple out there. You got Cyclone Larry, I think that's his name. He's an Iowa State guy. <laughs> He's really not an Iowa State guy. We got a couple of KU accounts. We got an Avery for Heisman. That's also another K-State KU account. So there's a lot of people out there. I'm sure they'll enjoy that little shout out. But what is your opinion on the current Twitter environment of these fan bases sitting there trying to get I mean, really, they're doing what the American media does, just try to get in your mind and fear-monger people. Oh, twist it and take everything you say. And the, the thing that's crazy about social media is that, like, you can be absolutely no one that has any insight whatsoever, and you can say whatever you want, and people can take it for they, – they, they look at it, and they're going to take it to be true. Like, that's that's the crazy part is majority of people are fooled by what they see on Twitter. Like, all you got to do is put breaking and then whatever – like crazy, crazy tweet you have, and the people are gonna be like, "Oh, this is, must be true." I mean, you put breaking in front of it, like, well, I think hey, it's absurd. That goes back Speaking to like, everything you read on the internet is true. Everything you read on the internet, Mitch, is true, especially on social media. If you read it on Twitter, then you should put some thought into it because it's probably true. It has to be true. Speaking of Mike Vernon, I think that is the craziest thing ever. You have guys from Kansas State trying to imitate Mike Vernon. Making their discords, dropping their scoops. Hey, we've got that's our guy. He does that. He does that for Kansas. Worry about yourselves. You have seven dollar tickets to your home basketball games of a team that's coming off an Elite Eight game. How is that possible? Like maybe like those who live in a glass house should not throw stones. Like and I think I, it's a little bit crazy that we have people on Twitter that are attacking us when when their house is not in order. And, hey, I completely agree with that. And also, just going back on the $7 tickets things, you have a great coach who has tried to get the university more involved. I mean, done everything. Do I like He's done it all through loves. He's done it, yeah. And, hey, dude, like, do I like Tang? No, I don't. Not at all. (laughs) Just because simply he coaches at K-State, I think he's a little corny. But he's made every last effort to make sure that Kansas State basketball is up to a tier that Kansas State football is. And then you guys go he and He at least deserves him. some people to come to the games, right? Like Encouraging them, too. He included them in all of their victories and everything last year where the sh- fans showed up with a team that arguably gave us one of the more entertaining NCAA tournament runs. And the next year, you're going to come back and not support them because they've lost one game. I think they're very much a front-running university that sits there and likes to stir the pot while not looking at what's in their own pot. Damn, that was pretty good, Chris. <laughs> I mean, that, that, is, that is what I'll say. You guys can clip that one right there. Uh, I'm sure that I will catch some heat for that. But that is it's one of those things, hey, we want the rivalry to be great. We don't want it to be great for one game. We want them to be invested in their times and playing that. Let us smoke them and I will be talking more shit on Twitter than I've ever talked in my entire life. I, I have. I, I will have. be talking. <laughs> I will be talking so much. Let them let them lose in football. That's all I can say the last 10 years. Oh, play us in football. Play us in football. All right. Now we got yeah, a better hey, football school than you, too. We'll see. We'll see about that. But also, you're missing the point where it's like you have a university like Kansas who is super ultra competitive. I mean, Coach Self has fostered that culture into being a super competitive. And we're looking at Oklahoma and Texas losing. That means that outside – I mean, you have Houston. You added some new guys. But that means that the conference is for everybody's taking. And it, when I mean everybody's, I mean Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and Kansas. Those three can dominate all three sports. And you're going to sit there and not support a team that was 
basically the top of the Big 12 last year and had the longest run in the tournament, that's something where it's like they really aren't putting their priorities anywhere. They want to sit there and just, yeah, throw stones from a glass house is how I see it. Next, I want to talk a little bit about the NCAA sanctions. Obviously, in the past podcast, we went into that with Devontae. Uh, wanted to get into a little bit more depth with you and give that a little bit more thought. Uh, first off, they've taken away 15 wins from the season that Silvio played in in 2018. 2017-2018, I believe. Uh, that, yep. that impacts our, our final four that we went to. That impacts the 14 straight that, uh, that we accomplished. And uh, that, that, that impact impacts our winningest program of all time. Uh, Chris, talk a little bit about that. What does that mean to guys that, that, that played there and were, were part of those wins? Uh, how much does that, does that get to you? And, and do you think that that, that that will affect us going forward? I can, I mean, I can speak for everybody. I, can, I think I can speak for you. There is a certain aspect that I am hurt about. On paper, we don't hold any of those records. So when we're long gone and dead, those aren't going to be something that's in stone. But in the reality, I experienced, you experienced, everyone on the team through those times experienced every ounce of those accomplishments. I mean, winning 14 straight is was so much fun. I mean, like, that was our goal that season. We obviously want to win, but, like, that is the, the leering goal in front of us. We have to be immortal in, a, in college basketball. No one else was going to touch that record. No one's getting close to the UCLA record. Just like the national championship one. Like, those things are so out of reach. The fact it's that we still the that, UCLA and Kansas record. It's, it's not just the UCLA record anymore. It's UCLA and Kansas. We still have 13 straight. Yeah. Like, we still tied, we still tied the record. Like, it's... There's UCLA and Kansas. I, 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 don't, I don't think that people understand. Yeah, we did lose the 14 straight, but we're still 13 straight. Like, yeah. it, it kind of, like you said, it kind of irritates me that, uh, that they took it away on paper. And, and you look up in the rafters and they take, they've taken it down off the banners in the rafters. But at the same point in time, the one thing they can't take away is those experiences that we had mm-hmm. winning 14 straight down in Lubbock, down at Texas Tech in Lubbock. The experience of that locker room after the the experience of Lawrence after like there's nothing that can touch that and we all have that memory and we all have that experience together and there's nothing that the IARP can do to take it away. There's nothing the NCAA can do to take it away. Is it IARP? IARP, I think. Oh, AARP is like the mortgage company. Go on. Either way, so the thing is that blows my mind is that the fact that they're allowed to hand sanctions down to us. They're an independent group that found nothing on us. There was nothing, no wrongdoing, but since the implications of what had happened and then the stacking that of we all didn't know about it, that, that we had no that Kansas University had no idea about it. We the had fact no idea. That, the fact that the NCAA said yes, this guy is eligible to play, so we played him, and now. They didn't do that just once. They did it twice that he was eligible to play. They did. So twice. now now we're getting punished for two times after the fact, the NCAA failing at what their job is. Huh. It's kind of crazy how that works out. And then we're also getting punished for something that we didn't do as a university. And don't get me wrong, the punishments were very light. We ended up pretty much, like, we got charged with stuff, but that's all that stuff where they were just like, we dragged this on for so long, spent millions of dollars, we got to charge them with at least something. That's my look at it. Mm-hmm. But we're also going to look at, like, hey, that wasn't us who did any of that. So that's what kind of makes me mad. I'm mad about the winningest streak of all time because we caught up to Kentucky, beat Kentucky to take it over, and then 
and grow to our streak. And Mitch, you were the all-time winningest player in Kansas history. I don't know the exact facts, but do you still have that record with those vacated wins? I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. Um, quite honestly, I think the uh, my entire time at Kansas was, was spent trying to make the place a better place for the people that come after us. I think that's the entire goal of all the guys that go to Kansas. Uh, whenever we have our, our first introductory meeting with Coach Self, he comes in and, and, he, and he talks to each one of us. He goes, hey, this place will always be bigger than any one person, any one team, any one coach. You come here to foster and to nurture the tradition. And, and I hope that, that that gets taken on by, by some more people down the line because we, we did our job and we made sure Kansas was, was the best place to play. Kansas had an opportunity to win games, and Kansas's tradition grew. And I think that's the that's the consensus through everybody. Everyone loves to have records, no doubt. If you're top five at Kansas, they're going to mention your name. But yeah, hey, every record that we have, we want to be broken. Fourteen straight. We want the ne- we want the next group to start a fifteen straight. Like it is what it is. Our whole goal to go there. People who really love Kansas, and I think everyone on the team really loves Kansas too, is just to add to the tradition. It's not for a selfish reason. The people who are selfish who go to Kansas usually don't last. They don't do everything they want in their careers. The teams that sit there and love Kansas and do it for the name on the front of the jersey and the fans and the students. I mean, Will Chamberlain said it best. There's no better rest, to, no better place to play. There's no better place to go to school. 100%. Chris, I wanted to ask you, do you think that Coach Self re-signing this lifetime contract at the time that he did had anything to do with – hey, this dark cloud is away. We've taken that off of, off of our heads, and now we're going to re-sign the best coach in college basketball to a lifetime contract. I think it had a little bit to do with that. I think that the lifetime contract announcement early on when he first got it, I can't remember if that was two or three years ago, was one of those where it's like, hey, we stand by our guy no matter what. We are not at fault. He's done everything. He's done everything perfectly legally. Hey, you want to sit there and get mad at us for winning games? Try to poach him. That's the reason. Coach Self just has created this program that will not be beat. There will not be another historic kind of run like this in the next couple decades, no doubt. So I think it's something that they wanted to ink it and put it on paper and show exactly what it looks like. But I think the lifetime contract does show that, hey, the University of Kansas is going to ride with Coach Self. And no matter what happens, hey, if any, like, I don't think they want an Indiana type of thing to come by. They don't want to have an Indiana Bobby Knight where they're kicking him out. They don't want to have a Roy Williams happen again when they go leave for a better job. And I don't think there's a better job at Kansas based on what Coach Self has done. So I think they rewarded him with that and being like, hey, you are part of Kansas history forever. Yeah, at the end of the day, Coach Self deserves to be the highest paid coach in college basketball because he is the best coach in college basketball. There's no doubt about that. I I couldn't be more excited for him. I couldn't be more excited for KU fans who get to experience this legendary coach for hopefully many more years to come. Many more. Appreciate it, Mitch and Chris. Before we get back to Raw Chalk, I got to tell you guys about the best way to make money on sports. I've been in search of the best way to fire on sports for the last year or so. I've tried every sports book, all the different apps, but Prize Picks is the best way to make money on sports. On Prize Picks, you pick players and not teams. Each player has a set total stat projection. So let's say Patrick Mahomes has a higher or lower than 220 passing yards. If you think he's going to have more, you just click on more. When it hits, you make a bunch of money. I just hit a four-player pick on last. Last night, 10x in my money, 100 bucks to win a thousand. 
And the best part is you can go to prizefix.com slash rockchalk and use the code rockchalk for a 100% deposit match up to $100. That's prizefix.com slash rockchalk. Use the promo code rockchalk for a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. Who knows what you can turn that 100 bucks into? I turned mine into 1,000 last night. Let me know what you do in the comments. So let's move on to the current Kansas team. We played three games, two exhibition, one regular game. We have this Illinois game. We obviously lost that. I mean, doesn't count to our record. And then you have the Fort Hayes State. Those are both two games that I don't think that Kansas fans were very high on the number one ranked team in the nation after that. What is your opinion on those two exhibition games? And what did you see from the North Carolina Central game that kind of reversed that feeling? I think when you look at the the Illinois game, Illinois game in particular, I think that game was a matter of us getting into getting into motion, getting into into, into play, and understanding how we can play with each other. Obviously, we've ha- we've had some time playing with each other in Bahamas, but at the same point in time, you're playing against a team that's been together for two days as opposed to a team that's been together for four months. Uh, yep. Brad Underwood, great coach. He's going to have those guys playing well. I think that this allowed us to, to come up against a team that's well-coached and has incredible talent. They're, they're a top 25-ranked team, mm-hmm. and that's going to give us the opportunity to, to go into the month of December where we're playing some pretty tough matchups, and you're going to be ready for those games. Like It's not going to be something where you're, where you're showing up, hey, we play Kentucky, and, and now we're, we're shell-shocked by, by their size and their speed and, and their mm-hmm. coaching. Like that's, that's, that's something where playing this exhibition game against Illinois – allows us to, to be prepared for that. Um, obviously, the game is for a great cause. And the, supporting the, uh, the uh, wildfire, wildfire relief out, out in Maui uh, is something that means a lot, to, I think, to, to both, both teams that played. Um, so I don't think fans should read too much into that one. It's more of us getting our rhythm and, and, and playing with one another. Uh, obviously, the Fort Hayes State game, I think people were kind of down on our shooting and, and saying, oh, this is the number one team in the nation. At the same point in time, these two games are not made for this is going to be your best product that you have all season. No, 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 no. If you're peaking in October, then you have a serious problem. Like, I can guarantee you Kansas fans would rather us peak in, peak in February as opposed to peaking in October. Like, there, there's something that, that, that needs to be said for, for uh, us playing and having our struggles early in the season. Think back to 2022. We had our struggles early in the season, and that allowed us to, to be our best towards the end of the year. And so we'll go back to the Illinois game a little bit. You have Coach Self, who's already coached at this university before. He left, and that was the first time he's been back since, correct? So Yeah, clearly you know, there's clearly going to be some narrative behind it. They have they have some skin in the game. They want to beat Coach Self. He left Illinois to go to Kansas, which was a better job. Obviously, you're going to take offense to that. And then you also have Hunter. I love Hunter. He's on our team. Does Hunter talk a lot of shit? Is oh, 100%. Hunter unlikable? But, but that's... That is how Hunter is, though. Like I think, I think, yeah. I think Kansas fans need to understand that we would yeah. a million percent rather ha- have Hunter on our team as opposed to have to play against Hunter. Like, I'm not, saying, two I'm not saying the Kansas fans don't love Hunter. They love Hunter, and they will un- oh. unapologetically love Hunter. But you're going to give a team in a 
exhibition game that usually is under wraps where you're just trying things. Some extra motivation, for sure. Some bulletin board material, and he's done that, and not even at yeah. Kansas. He never talked about it at Kansas, but he did it at when he was at Michigan. So it is something that these guys had motivation. They were coming out there, playing the number one team in the country. They have a chip on their shoulder. They're going to play super hard, and they're going to sit there and try to win that basketball game. Where we are there having these closed-door scrimmages, exhibitions like we usually do, where we're just trying to see, hey, what does our team do? Let's get it in the half court. Let's run our plays. How are our plays looking against live competition? Yeah, this but lineup works. What combination of guys works? Like, I think I think that's a that's a big point. Like, this is this is a trial run. This is supposed to this is supposed to be us figuring out what works for the games that actually mean something. Yep. And I, and I think I think we got we, we have some people in our Jayhawk fan base that are looking at this and thinking, well, this is the end all be all of what we need to, to judge our team off of, and, that, and that's just simply not the case. And, mm-hmm. and I think that we should we should give us a, give ourselves some grace and allow us to, to look at the games coming up here at the end of October and in the beginning of December and, and, and see how we play in those games before we really start judging. What's up, everybody? If you are a college football fan like me, if you know a college football fan that's in your life, you need to go cop this shirt. New designs dropping all the time. It's the perfect gift with the holiday season coming around. If you don't have this thing, you're missing out. Great material, great fabric. I wear it all the time. Go get yours today. Yeah, and I I mean, yeah, hey, it, it is what it is. I know me and you, we watched that game, and guess what? We got, we went to bed, we put our head on our pillow, and we were knocked out. Didn't there was lose, no, didn't lose an ounce. I didn't think about it again. Honestly, when people kept on freaking out about it on Twitter the next day, I was like, Kansas played yesterday? And I was like, oh, shit, I watched the game. But, yeah. I think so. one thing, Chris, one thing that I saw that, that really stood out to me was in the interview after the game, Hunter was asked how about his relationship with the Illinois fans. <laughs> like, I think, like, in all seriousness, I think that, that speaks so much to his maturity and speaks yep. so much to, to how much he, he's, he's grown into, into the coach self system. Like the, we're not going to go out there. We're not going to go talk, talk a bunch of shit on, on this other team. We're going to go out there. We're going to, we're going to handle our business. We're going to, Hey, they beat us tonight. We're going to acknowledge them, say, Hey, they did a great job. And then we're going to go figure out what we need to do to get better. Um, I think, I think that shows a lot of maturity on his part, where it was a teed up perfect question. I mean, the, the reporter oh. got got him, gave him, he, he he gave him a softball for him to hit it out of the park with a with a crazy statement, and he and he made the perfect statement, and said that's something I'd rather not talk about, and moved on. Like that's that yeah. is perfect for what every SID wants. That's perfect for Chris Tyson. That's perfect for the guys that do the media training. Like that's that's exactly what you want to hear, and mm-hmm. and I think Kansas fans. That may not be something that, that they're in tune to, but I saw it, and I, I think I should commend them for it. And, hey, and guess what? I'm sure they paid for it the next week in practice. And then let's move on to Fort Hayes State. I mean, that's another game where it's an exhibition game. We're going out there. We're going to try a bunch of stuff. You have El Marco starting on the bench. He probably did something in practice this week that Coach Self didn't like. It's a little bit of a kick in the ass, light a little fire underneath there, and get the man going. He, I mean, it's just one of those things where we're just trying things out. Hey, will they ever be able to beat us in a hundred years? No. Love Fort Hayes State. Love Fort Hayes State. But the the talent that we have on the University of Kansas is not going to be beat by them. That was probably the worst possible game we could have played against them, and we twenty balled them. Which, hey, yeah, yeah. You're the number one team in the country. There's a lot of expectation on your back. If we were the number ten team in the country, people would be like, hey. I'll take a 20-point win. 
But we're number one unanimously. They're thinking we're going to go out there. We're going to beat them by 95, run up and down the court, let them know, hey, yeah, they're D2. But in reality, it's all about trying things out and just trying to see how it is in the court. First game in Allen Fieldhouse for a majority of the people, there's a lot of nerves that come with that, a lot of excitement that comes with that. And then it gets into your head where you're either going to be more selfish, not make the extra pass, etc. I mean, I'm sure that you feel the exact same way on that one. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. It's like I said, it's knocking the rust off. Um, this is something that people shouldn't read too much into. It, it's exhibition games; they don't matter for a reason. Mm-hmm. Coach Self's going out there, and like you said, tell Marco he's making a start on the bench. He's proven a point. He, he's going to find a way to, to light a fire under his ass and get him going. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that he can provide some stuff to our team that not not a lot of other guys can. Um, he, he has the opportunity to be, hopefully, a, a, high, a high draft pick. Um, and, and, and it's something that we need to make sure that we move on from and, and we focus on the month of the end of October and the beginning of December. For sure. And then Chris, we, I wanted to ask you, yeah. I wanted to go into the NC Central game. What did you think? What did you take out of that game? Obviously, a better performance than the previous two. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this changed the tune of the Kansas fans watching? And do you think the team – Needed that heading into our game against Manhattan and heading into our game against Kentucky. I think the University of Kansas definitely needed that. I think the fans needed to see that, and you know what? I loved it. You look at our team. We want to play defense. We want to run. Our shooting's still questionable. We shot a crazy high clip against North Carolina Central. But that is because they were playing a matchup 2-3 that was getting matched up after the second pass, the second reverse, flat to flat. We were getting them in that, and they were super confused on what to do on the backside of it. We were getting wide open threes, set shots, not that rust of shots. So, we, hey, we're going to shoot a high clip. And it shows that we can shoot when we have time. So you're not going to be able to sit there and be in the center and just hover around Hunter and KJ. Because that's in reality, that's who we want to play with. We're going to want to sit there. and We're going to want to have – we're going to play two bigs. We're going to play two-game fist. That's Coach Self's his tenure from 2003 to 2012. He wants to play two bigs, do that. He wants a short roll. And you look back at 2011, you have T-Rob. He wants a short roll T-Rob. KJ is a T-Rob. And Jeff Withy is Hunter Dickinson. So you're going to short roll him, allow him to make the decisions that we trusted him to make all of last year where he would have to go score. Now you can go sit there and play big to big. I walked away with that game with all positives. I think that it shows that, hey, we are athletic. When you have El Marco out there, that is a Kansas basketball team. You want to run. If it is not a made shot, we are getting a fast break. And it's entertaining to watch. We're fast. We play great defense. There's still some questions to be answered, but that was my takeaway from the game. Mitch, how did you feel about it? Uh, I think it's a step in the po- in, in the right direction. Uh, it's it's a overall it's a positive. I think you saw about a ceiling for what for what our our shooting can be. Um, when you make that many shots, you're not going to lose many of those games, and you're not going to look bad in many of those games. No, so 60 I think ball. people. Yeah, I, I think people can look at this game and, and think, "Wow, we, we shot great." But at the same point in time, that's probably about as good as you're ever going to shoot in a game. So I, mean, I, I would I don't think this team this, this team's going to be banking on making threes. Uh, it, but it was good for us to see. It, it was a, a step in the right direction. Chris, headed into the rest of November and the month of December, what do you think these games against Manhattan, Kentucky, and then the Maui Invitational mean? And how much should Kansas fans be reading into them? 
they mean very little. Obviously, if we're going to put up a goose egg performance, then there's something to look into just to be like, hey, it is, it's mentally hard to watch a game that we get our ass kicked in. But these next two months are grueling. I mean, we play Manhattan at night, which, hey, I would like to say that's an easy win. You never know. You have James, uh, you have James Madison coming and beat Michigan State the other week. But then you go play Kentucky, which is our first real challenge. And I wouldn't say that they're a bunch of experienced basketball players. They're mostly the number one recruiting class in the nation. They're a bunch of athletes that are going to go out there and try to figure it out. I think that we should be able to go out there and put on a good performance. But then you look forward to the next 45 days. You have the Maui Invitational. You have a couple off games. And then you go UConn, Missouri, Indiana, and Wichita State in the month of December. Those are huge games. But as you said, in the grand scheme of things, Nothing really matters until you get into a Big 12 season. If we lose all those yeah. games, yeah, our seeding is going to make a difference. But in reality, yeah. and you look at like our our long term, whatever's going on, how how we're going to get based. If we win the Big 12, we win the Big 12 tournament, we're going to be a top four seed, even if we lose all these games. Oh, okay. So these are more of a testing to see. Do if I you think we're going to lose all these games? No, absolutely not. No, I don't. This is not us. This is not us saying I think we're going to lose these games. This is us saying that these games are not nearly as important as the games in the Big Twelve are. Um, I think that, in my personal opinion, I think we're going to go out there against Kentucky, and I think we're going to win from anywhere from thirteen to to seventeen points. I think that our our uh, we've got Hunter, who is is a great big guy, and that's a position that they really struggle in uh, at Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we've got some experience that that can really give them nightmares. that's the experience that's something is else huge. That they don't have. Experience, experience is massive, is, is especially massive. especially in the early season. Like right now is where you need all the maturity you can have to make sure that you don't come out there and lay a goose egg. Uh, I think Dewan and, and Kevin and, and KJ are really going to allow us. To, well, then you have Hunter as well. I mean, you're looking at this game. Yeah, this there's great. four. There's four guys in that starting lineup that have been around college basketball and know what they need to do to go out there and handle business in the early season. So I, I think the Hawks are fine. Uh, we're going to go out there. We're going to handle business. But at the same point in time, this whole this whole uh, part of this conversation has been saying that these games are, are tune-up for the Big 12 and then obviously March Madness. And they're, and they're great experiences. I mean, going and playing in Chicago against – I mean, this is really the opening weekend of college basketball. These are where the first real games start. These – I mean, you have Kentucky, you have Duke, you have Michigan State and Kansas – sitting there playing around Robin at the United Center this year. Those are huge games. These are Sweet 16 Elite Eight games that are huge for the experience. And then you look at the month of December. You're going away, and you're going to go play at Indiana. Playing a game at Assembly Hall in December, a top 25 matchup between the two, that's going to be it's going to be rocking in there. It's going to be something that we're going to sit there and be like, hey, we have the experience going to our first big, big 12 game of the year. And it's going to give us that experience. Win, lose, draw, whatever it is, it's going to give us experience. It'll be a stepping stone in the grand scheme of things, as we've said over and over and over again. It doesn't really mean that much. Would we like to have it mean that much? Yes. But our goals are to sit there and sweep the Big 12 and go and play basketball. If we're on the borderline, yeah, those games matter. But we're going to play enough competition and have enough wins that it really, in reality, is, is probably just not going to mean as much as it would to some of the teams that are going to be fighting for a spot later on. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Chris, I want to I want to break off. I want to head towards a little bit of what your projections are from the next 7 games. What do you what do you think we're going to come out of in the next 7 games? I mean, obviously I we have a chance, we have a we have a chance to play against 
Gonzaga, Marquette, Purdue, Syracuse, Tennessee, or UCLA in the Maui Invitational. So th- there, there's an opportunity for us to play against a real heavy, a heavy hitter. Uh, who of those of those teams would you would you hope we play against? I can't say there's a team I hope we'd play against because I mean you look at Marquette, they have Shaka Smart. He obviously has a chip on his shoulder. He's had our number for the for a long period of time. VCU, Texas, he's had our number. Then you look at Tennessee, you have Rick Barnes over there. Hall of Fame basketball coach. Also had our number. Also has had our number. And then you look at Gonzaga, a team that we have only played a couple of times. We took an L to them in twenty nine or twenty twenty after the COVID year in uh Fort Myers, I think. And so there's really – and UCLA. UCLA would probably be, based on past history, would be the team I would want to play. But there's not anybody. Maybe, and it's, maybe it's, Syracuse? In Syracuse, in Syracuse, you have Kyle Cuff. You have him, him as a backup. They're playing a new style of basketball there. We had Syracuse figured out for a matter of time. But they aren't Jim Beheim anymore. They aren't going to sit there and run the 2-3 zone, the wide 2-3 zone with a bunch of athletes. They're going to play man. They're going to sit there and try to speed you up. And then you have Kyle Cuff, who's played here for the last two years. He knows what he's doing. He's been playing well. So that's another one. We have a number on our back. And then you look at Purdue. Purdue returns Zach Eady, which, honestly, if there's a team I want to watch based on a viewership standpoint or want to play against, I want to play against Purdue. I mean, watching Hunter and Zach Eady go at it again to kind of prove that, hey, we can play against dominant big men. We can still get our big man the ball. That's going to be one-on-one basketball. That's not going to be how we're playing against Kentucky where they're sitting there, they're bringing backside help over to help on Hunter, go out and get threes. It's going to be a battle of the bigs. So I think the Maui Invitational will be so much fun to watch. And if we do play Purdue, think about how big Zach Eady and Hunter Dickinson are going to look on a high school Floor. I don't. It's not. It's not high school anymore in Maui. In, in it's on the Big Island. But if it was in the Maui Convention Center, I don't know where they're going to play exactly. But I mean, that's going to look. The floor is going to look tiny, crazy. I'm, I'm super pumped about that. I think we've got an opportunity to go out there and, and win some games. Uh, obviously, you're playing against hopefully Purdue, which is which is a great matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of those other teams are also great matchups. I think that'll allow us to, to go out there and prove to our fans and prove to ourselves that hey we, we belong at this number one at this number one spot and uh, even if we do end up dropping uh, a couple of the not, like one or two of the non conference games yeah at the end of the day we're aiming for Big Twelve uh, for sure so hey let's look, let's take a look into our newcomers not our newcomers our newcomers without Hunter included. And I have, a, I have a couple notes on just kind of the way they play and just kind of what the role will be on their team. And let's start with El Marco. He's our most important newcomer outside of Hunter. We can keep Hunter to complete yeah, if, this if, conversation. If El Marco can, yeah, if he can step up, if he can start to make make shots like he like we think he can, that'll allow us to be a team that can, that can hopefully play into April. Uh, the the yeah. kid's athletic. You see him on draft boards. He's going to give us – I think he has the highest chance – to take that fifth fifth starting spot, uh, obviously you have Furphy, who, who's also in his in his own in his own right is a mm-hmm. great shooter, and, and, and a, he's bigger than most people think. He's he's, he's a six he's Yeah, he's 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 a big dude. But I think El Marco gives us the, the, the greatest chance to to be successful. Um, obviously, you've got the Nick Timberlakes out there, Parker Brown, Parker Bronze. Parker's more Parker is a big guy, obviously, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I think that El Marco, of all the newcomers, excluding Hunter, is the most important for us to be our best. 
He he adds another athlete to the lineup. As simple as that. I mean, an athlete. You have KJ. You have Dewan. You have Kevin. You have Hunter, who's not as much an athlete, just a freak. Just by the size of him, his touch, everything. But you have El Marco out there picking up full court with Dewan. That gives him a break. You have him sitting there getting out on fast breaks. How many fast breaks did he start where he was the second pass, where he's so far ahead of people in the North Carolina, or North, North Carolina Central game? That's something you look for. And let's go to Nick Timberlake. Hey, Nick may not be the exact fit that we want in our starting lineup, but I can guarantee you that Nick Timberlake, one, he plays his ass off. He loves Kansas. He knows the meaning of being here. That dude will win us games based off his shooting. There will be a Big 12 game in February that we're not shooting it well. Nick's going to come in off the bench. He's going to play his ass off. He's going to play smart. He's going to sit there and knock down threes. So I don't think there's really a wrong answer. Furphy looks very young right now, but he has great feel. He was making the extra passes. He was playing with side of the offense, but there is an there is a lack of confidence and a lack of maturity in his game, and I think that's something that's holding him back right now. But that's another guy that's going to come in January, February, where he gets those minutes, gets those minutes, gets comfortable doing it, and his ceiling is so high. And then you look at Parker. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, I think that with Furphy, that that uh, that little bit of immaturity right now is something that happens with every freshman. It's gonna yeah. it, it'll. It, it, it will grow out. Uh, obviously, he's, he's, he's played at a high level already, uh, being from Australia. But at the same point in time, I think playing for Coach Self, playing around the amount of, the amount of experience that he is, yeah. that, that'll, that'll, that will grow out quickly, and, and he'll be able to, to impact games in, in a positive manner this year. Yeah, and Chris, I want to know I, I, I agree. I literally said, and I underlined it, he needs to learn to play our game. Kansas game. He give, he takes he he guards the ball well. He doesn't get over screens great, and but he takes a little bit of time off. He sits there. He doesn't know how to play in our offense. It's a very strict way to play basketball. But in reality, if you have the minutes and have the feel and have the confidence, it is very open for you to play. And I think it's just right now he's having a hard time doing it. Um, that that's my opinion on Furphy. I mean, I cannot wait to see what we grow into like i'm i'm already looking forward to it. like i would love to just fast forward to january and see where this team's at because i think they're going to be they're going to be a problem chris i wanted to break off into a new segment i wanted you to give me your hottest take around college basketball thus far oh god i mean i've already said the zach Eady thing I like yeah. I said it in former podcasts. I just don't think that Zach Eady can compete with people that really wanted as bad as him. I mean, obviously in the offseason, I have no idea what he did. I have no idea what he's looking like currently because I just don't pay attention to that Big Ten basketball. I think it's incredibly boring. Come after me if you want. I don't really care. But I don't enjoy Big Ten basketball. But I don't think that he's that great of a player. I think he's someone, if you punch him in the mouth early and you sit there and you go after him and go after him, he's very weak with the ball. People are really scared of him. And I think if you come in with the mindset, like St. Uh, who was it last year who did that? Uh, Fairleigh Dickinson. Fairleigh Dickinson. They came in like, hey, Zach's not that good. And they sat there with a bunch of guys that I think the tallest guy was like 6'9", and sat there and dominated him. Got the ball at the top, and sat there, double teamed him, had him in hell. I think that he's a guy who's obviously national player of the year last year. I think that he slides down the ratings and he's not even in the top five of voting this year, depending on how the big 10 plays and the big 10 pretty much gave him that award last year. But I just don't think that he will be in the top five this year. He won't be as dominant. Understand. Understand. I think my hot take so far, I, uh, I don't think Kansas state 
will finish in the top three of, of the Big 12 in basketball, and I think they're going to struggle to make the NCAA tournament. You know what? I can agree with that. They don't have a guy like Marquise Knoll where they struggled a lot last year when he wasn't on the court. They gave him the freedom the last half of the year to go do whatever he wanted to do. I don't think there's a lot of talent on that team based off – they have a lot of scoring. They have a lot of guys that can play by themselves. But to get to get them together to play like a team, I don't think they have that guy yet. So I can completely agree with that one. Chris, what do the Hawks need to do to prove to you that we, we have grown as a team and we have a chance to be deadly this year? I think it starts with our bigs. I mean, you look at Parker Brown, Parker Brown, he's played great. I think he can play with Hunter. He's a perfect backup five. But we look at the defensive side of things, and I think that it starts with Hunter. He hasn't done a great job of guarding ball screens yet. He drops a ton. Which, hey, when we're playing the North Carolina Centrals, when we're playing the Manhattan Colleges, those guards aren't really going to take advantage of that because they're just scared of him in general. But if we're going to go play against Big 12 guards, we're going to go play against Cryer down at Houston now, we're going to play against the Baylor guards, we're going to play against the Texas guards. If you're dropping off of ball screens, a heyday. Is it, yeah, no, you, ha- you have to be up on ball screens. Those guys are going to come off those ball screens, they're going to shoot behind them, or they're going to take you to the rack. And, and I think that as soon as, as, soon as it, that happens one time, Coach Self's going to nip that in the butt. And, and he's, I'm sure he's already telling Hunter this. But yep. that's something that has to be that has to be fixed. I think that we have we have a lot of long defenders out there on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that be Dewan, KJ, Kevin, those guys can 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 kind of cover up whatever weaknesses we have. But at the same point in time, I think it's going to be up to Hunter to really get out there and make sure he he's his best on ball screens. Because like we both know, the Big Twelve is a league of ball screens. Like everything is predicated off the ball screen. And, and I think you saw that with Yudoka. He, mm-hmm. he became an incredible ball screen defender. That's why he's still playing in the NBA. No one could score. No one could score. Our average opponent if, was like 54 points or something like that. Like something stupid. And if, and if Hunter can do that, it's going to give us a chance to, to hopefully be a national champion. And, and I think that that is where this team has the potential to be. Yeah, and I, I agree on that. And I also think that our bigs need to have a better rim presence. You look at our guards, they sit there, they dig in, they want to play. KJ is considered a guard. He's going to switch forward, he's going to sit there, and he's going to play defense. We haven't done a great job of protecting the rim. We haven't allowed, allowed, a, people, we haven't allowed a lot of people to get to the rim. But when we do, and I noticed it a couple times, that when Parker would go to block a shot, we weren't rotating on that backside to go get that offensive rebound, block out our guys and make sure they don't have second-chance points. And I think that's something that in the Big 12, I mean, there's guys out there. You look at in the past, you look at Mark Vidal, you look at some of the guys they've had at Texas at the four. Those dudes, the whole purpose on being on the court is, hey, if the big guy goes to block a shot, you know what you do? You run as fast as you can to that damn glass and you go grab it. I think that's something that we need to look forward to. Like, hey, we need more of a rim presence and we also need more of a a rotation on the backside, knowing who to box out. And that just comes with experience. No one ever knows how to do that in the first couple weeks of the season. But if we play like we did against North Carolina State, and then we do that, or North Carolina Central, then we do that, there's going to be very few teams that can find a weakness for us. Hey, guys, that's it for our episode. I mean, we had a great time talking about the stuff. On our clips, comment under, uh, comment below and let us know what you guys want to hear about. If there's any points you guys want us to talk about, if there's any concerns you guys have about the team, let us know. We will talk about it on the podcast. We're looking to do me and Mitch only breakdown basketball uh, probably twice a month after each game. So, hey, 
let us know. But we had a great time recording. That's another episode of Rock Chalk Unplugged. Rock Chalk. <laughs>